I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slesser, and today we are joined by first base coach Al Padrique, who also works with the team's infielders, and he'll talk to us a little bit about Jerks and Profar and some of the defensive struggles he's had lately, plus how lonely it can get for a first base coach when a team isn't hitting. Then David Feldman stops by for Feldy's Follies. We'll look at the tough start to the A's recent road trip and potential moves the A's might be looking at. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we welcome A's first base coach Al Padrique, uh, who also works with the infielder. So, of course, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, Al, is the struggles Jerkinson Profar has been going through a little bit here at second base recently. What, what do you see that's going on with him? Well, I think is you know, a lack of playing time at second base. Uh, he played a lot of third, short, first, and outfield with, with the Rangers. Now, knowing the fact that he's going to be playing every day at second base, definitely you need to make some adjustment. Full work, how hard the ball is, how much time you have, because you're closer to first base, and the uh, arm angle is different. So, right now, we're just keeping simple with him. Full work, get ready, hands up front, and step toward the target. We're talking about throwing the first base. He needs to move his feet toward first and let it go. Don't think about it. Uh, that's a mistake we make as an infielder. Sometimes we know that we have too much time, we relax too much, and then we end up just flipping it to first base instead of just let it go. It seems like some of the throws he's having the most difficulty with are the shorter throws. What, what's usually going on when that's the case? Well, in that situation, you know, like I'm talking about, he slows down, his body goes up, and then anytime you do that, most of the time the throws are going to go straight down to the dirt. So we're talking to him and working with him on even the short to first base, keep your body low, use your lower half, and just follow through. Yeah. Anytime you have the tendency to stop, everything slows down. So that's the, what we're trying to teach him, show him that even if you have to go backhand to your right or to your left and show, be closer to first base, treat us as the same thing. Get to the ball and just let it go. There's a lot more going on with throwing a baseball in a major league game than, than I think fans often realize, isn't there? It's not just a matter of just you just pick up the ball and throw it. Yeah, yes, it's a lot of mental uh, stuff that's going on, especially, with, you know, uh, the game is not going your way. Offensively, probably you're struggling. Uh, you're having a long week or a long month, and, and, and sometimes, even though you don't want to do that, you take it to your defense, and, and, and that's the one thing that we try to teach the young players. Once you're done hitting, now you got to go play defense. Once you're done playing defense, you come to the playing hit, or when you're the base runner, don't worry about defense and hitting. So it takes time for them to understand and separate uh, defense from the offense. 
Yeah, um, it's a, he, he had a shoulder separation, I believe, a couple years ago. Can a shoulder injury also sometimes affect a guy's throwing maybe later in his career? It, it does. Once you know you start playing uh, baseball, you have one motion, maybe you throw from the top, and then in his case, uh, a couple of shoulder surgery, I'm sure it's in his head. Uh, that's when you change your uh, arm motion. You start, you start to figure out you want to try to throw from the top again or drop three-quarter or get lower. So that's the process he's in right now, trying to find the spot, the slot where he can feel comfortable again. Yeah. Now, I know you, like all the rest of the coaching staff and everyone else around here, you, the, the thing I think everybody keeps emphasizing is the talent is there. We've seen the talent. We've seen him from the other side, too. What do you think about um, him and, and the fact that he'll, he's going to come out of this at some point here soon? Oh, he he's will because he's willing, uh, he's willing to listen. He's willing to come out, uh, do some extra work. He's been talking to Marcus uh, short a lot, choppy, the best arm that we have and, and you know this team around the league so he has some good he's getting good information from a lot of good people especially my William plays so many years in the big league and that's the best guy to listen to so the the, the main thing right now for him is to understand we're trying to help him and he's like I say he's uh, wide open uh, for suggestion ideas and that's what we've been doing for the last two days uh, with extra work yeah, it sounds like the entire infield has kind of actually been rallying around him. I know that um, Chapman, Pinder, Simeon were all out here working with him yesterday. I think as much for as anything for support. Do you like kind of seeing that, like the like the team like is rallying? Well, definitely because I'm sure at some some point Marcus or Chappy, you know, struggle a little bit with the defense. They know what it takes, you know, to get out. And it's good to see their teammates. Uh, they care about him. Uh, even the dugout, you know, they're always talking to him and say, keep your head up, let's go, it's over with. Uh, my favorite thing to say is turn the page, move on. So uh, I'm glad that we have this kind of the, uh, team, uh, teamwork, uh, chemistry. They help each other out and they pick each other up. Now, as an infield coach, having guys like especially Chapman, um, Olsen when he's healthy, uh, Marcus obviously was also a Gold Glove finalist last year. What's that like for you? Because you, some, there's probably some days you don't really actually have to do all that much as an infield coach. Yeah, it's fun to watch those guys, how they go about their business. The, the easy thing for a coach when you see the guys have a routine, the preparation is 100%. So that's where you think, well, it's not a whole lot we can do with this guy. Just make sure that he stays on with the, uh, his routine. Uh, he doesn't get too comfortable or cocky. Uh, and, and it's easy uh, to work with those guys. Uh, even last year when I saw Chapin's King training, I was like, oh my gosh, this kid <laughs> has a lot of talent. I don't think it's a whole lot you can tell this kid. The same with Marcus. He's gotten so much better from reports I got uh, last year. Uh, this year, you can tell that he's playing with more confidence. He's taking charge and run the infield. And that's what the shortstop's supposed to do. Now, Chad Pinder's interesting because he obviously plays all over the diamond. How much do you and Matt work with him on the second base and, and sometimes occasionally shortstop third base to kind of keep him ready for the times where he might have to be used in those situations? When you're a utility player, for me, it's more mental. It's not that easy like people think that you play different position because you got to know they're in different spot. Uh, you have different responsibility on cutoff man, bomb plays. And, and I like Pinder because he, he's a smart guy. He studies the game a lot. He's always asking questions, even when he doesn't play. He loves to work. So we need to monitor 
his workload because if you let him go, he, he probably, you know, would uh, take ground balls forever, go in the outfield, check fly balls. So he, he's a great guy. You don't have to tell him, hey, be out here a certain time. This is what you got to do. He knows his routine. He knows uh, that what kind of preparation uh, he needs on a daily basis to be able to be successful playing different positions. Now, you're also the first base coach. Recently, the offense has been in a little bit of a funk here. When you're a first base coach, does it get a little bit frustrating for you, too, because you're standing there a lot of innings just kind of by yourself? Uh, yes, I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's part of the game. It's a long season. You're going to have the up and downs. Right now, we're struggling offensively, but we know from the you know, bottom of our heart, this team is going to hit. Uh, we started, we had some good series early in the year. Uh, there's not doubt that we're missing uh, also in the lineup. Once he gets back, our lineup is going to look a lot different. I'm not taking anything away from the other guys, but um, as a first base coach, definitely you would love to have some action, have guys at first base letting know what's going on with the game, the situation, uh, giving some information about the guy on the mound at the time. But uh, like I said, uh, mentally, I need to stay uh, focused because I know we're going to come out of this uh, pretty soon. Do you kind of try to watch the opposing pitcher and like if you pick up something maybe that they're doing to help help the hitters? Uh, yes, I do the best uh, when, you know, doing the homework uh, before we come out for batting practice. I watch a lot of video uh, during the game. Uh, I let them know what I saw early. And if the guy makes the adjustment during the game, and that's my job to pay attention and let them know when they come to first, hey, he's doing something different. You watch and see if you see the same thing. So it's a constant communication over there. I try to keep it simple because I know they're thinking about other things, you know, they got to go from first to third or score on the ball in the gap, ball on the dirt. So you you like to keep it simple, give them enough so they can feel comfortable and be ready to succeed. Uh, now you also the, the other day got a new job, at least briefly. You got to help uh, be an interpreter for a little bit uh, when, when uh, the A's PR guy, Fernando Alcala, who usually is an interpreter, was home for a personal reason. How'd you like that? Because it, it seemed like you did a very nice job. I really like it. I guess that's one of the things I got to thank God that uh, I've been in this game for so long. Being bilingual, I can help the players, I can help anybody uh, in this game, and you never know. I always uh, feel like uh, you're in this game, you can one day be in, then the next day you can be out. So uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, it makes me, you know, f uh, I feel comfortable, and I'm hoping I'll get another chance. Yeah, that was a fun one too because it was talking to Kendris Morales about his relationship with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., which is a really special one. So yeah. I think I think everyone kind of enjoyed that one. That was fun. Uh, yeah, it all depends on the guy that you you're talking to because they, they can be shy. They don't yeah. say a whole lot. All the guys can talk forever. Yeah. But Morales, he goes right to the point, and, and I really enjoyed talking about uh, listening to him how he helped uh, Guerrero Jr. and his time with uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, that was fun. Well, we we hope sometime we get to uh, hear your work as an interpreter again. Thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. Oh, thank you very much. Our thanks again to Al Padrique for joining us on Ace Plus. We will be back in just a moment with David Feldman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
It's time for our uh, semi-weekly installment of Feldy's Follies. With me is David Feldman, our favorite, the official scorer and stats guru, as we like always like to call you in the paper. Uh, D- David Feldman, what do you think of this uh, A's road trip so far, this pretty horrendous 0-6 trip? Yeah, horrendous is the right word. And, and the headline in the paper today that you wrote about the blahs, I think all appropriate. It's tough because it's, in Toronto, you know, the Friday night game in Toronto with all the Vlad Jr. Uh, excitement and uh, the crowd going crazy, they get the pinch hit home run to tie it up late, and you think, okay, they're going to be able to win this, they're going to be able to beat Toronto, and they end up losing on the home run to Drury. They have a terrible game on Saturday. Sunday, it looks like, hey, we're going to win this game. You have Blake trying it on the mound with a three-run lead in extra innings. We're going to put this away, and it doesn't happen just abysmal and then nothing goes right in Boston. They don't play well in Boston. They don't pitch. They don't hit. Uh, six games, terrible, not looking good. You get a day off before you go to Pittsburgh and, and they got some thinking to do, as uh, people would say. They need to go, they need They need to do some thinking. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it looked to me, especially in the second game in Boston, maybe not the final game, um, but the second game in Boston was particularly bad. You know, didn't play well offensively, didn't play well defensively, the pitching wasn't great, um, just kind of all around, ugh, yuck. Um, but uh, I asked Bob Melvin about the energy in the team after the, the final game in Boston. He, he said he thinks the energy is good, the attitude is good. He said sometimes when teams aren't hitting, they can look like they're dragging. And I think that's very true. You know, we know that whole um, hitting can be contagious thing. Hit, when teams aren't hitting, it can be equally contagious. I think there's some of that going on. Some guys are pressing. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to kind of work their way out of this uh, and pretty quickly because one of the things they did last year so well was they played on the road well. Uh, that You know, when you look at it, that was one of the real keys to them having such a fine season was the fact that they were able to win series on the road and against AL East teams. The teams they're losing to now are teams that they did really well against last year. Every year is different, but um, I don't think it's necessarily a good sign. Well, and the big thing to me is the lack of home runs and largely the lack of home runs by Chris Davis. Uh, this team really goes when Chris Davis goes and he's hitting the ball out of the park. Um, but as a team, as we we talked about early in the year, they were scoring most of their runs by the way of the home run. And that's when you, they looked a lot better. They're 0-11 this year when they do not hit a home run. They have not won a game without hitting a home run. They're 6 over when they hit a home run. So that's a big number to me. And Chris Davis specifically now, he looked a little better today with his two hits. Um, you're starting to see him come out of it. Uh, you're going to see him play in the field in Pittsburgh, and that's not a bad thing to get him into a game wholly offensively and defensively to get his, his swing going. Um, that's what the, For me, that's what I think they need to see him hit the ball out of the yard. You know, since he signed his extension, he's not hit a home run. Um, I'd like to see him go, go deep here coming up. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, you know, some of it is he misses Matt Olson hitting behind him. Um, I think a lot of the, the you know, the team's doldrums are, are a little bit Matt Olson related. You know, Jerks and Profar's defense has been really terrible. I, I think some of that is, you know, Matt Olson. Now, a lot of it has been, like, little little short throws, which is weird, which indicates maybe a little yippy kind of thing. Usually it's something in your head when uh, they, they always say when it's uh, little short throws that you're missing. Um, 
But you know, all around, the defense is just so much better when he's out there at first base. Obviously, the offense is better. That's a lot to put on one guy. You know, I don't think the A's expect that Maddelson is going to come back and everything's going to be fine. First of all, he's probably not, at least initially, he's not going to have the kind of power he usually does. If he gets on base the way we know Maddelson can, if he you know hits some balls in the gap, uh, you know, takes what pitchers give him, you know, it'll be fine. They don't need him to hit 29 home runs this year, but they definitely need him at first base. Yeah, you know, they need him to be a force in the lineup. You need him to uh, hitter the pitchers need to worry about because he can go deep at any time. Henry Morales has not provided that, unfortunately. Uh, he's not scaring anybody at the plate. Morales has been a little better in the field than I, than I thought he would be. Here's a guy who really hasn't played first base on an everyday basis in nine seasons. Yeah. Um, and he's been pretty good over there. The pick that he made yesterday, saving Chapman an error, uh, he's been good. He's not at all. He's not gold glove caliber. Yeah, he's been um, fine. Yeah. I just I think they need a force in that lineup. They need another guy who's going to threaten pitchers. And unfortunately, the way the lineup's been going now, there are too many easy outs in the A's lineup, and too many too many batters who don't threaten the pitchers. Yeah. Now. They'll obviously make some moves going into Pittsburgh. I, I think that, I mean, certainly they'll add at least one bench player because they've gone with a two-man bench in Boston. And essentially, with Jerks and Profar kind of benched, that almost makes it yeah. a, a one-man bench, which is a catcher. Um, and that's that's pretty useless. Um, but uh, that was the decision that was made. You know, they wanted to wait on Lou Trevino. They needed to add an extra reliever because Lou Trevino was unavailable for so long. Uh, that that dynamic is going to change going into Pittsburgh. Who do you think, with especially with Mark Canna out injured now, who do you think they need to bring up from Las Vegas? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, they are going to bring up somebody in the bench. Now, you lose your DH in the National League, so your two-man bench automatically goes to three. And, and if you lose a pitcher and bring up a player, you're going to get a, a four-man bench, which is now the standard in National League games. Um, I could see them going with Dustin Fowler. Uh, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's played here enough last year, and he's a left-handed swinger off the bench, and that's pretty much what that position is going to be for the weekend. And he's, he's a good defender. And so if Chris Davis is playing left field to start the game, and Fowler comes in, it helps you that way. Um, if you want to go outside the 40-man roster, um, you know, the guy that we've been talking about in Vegas, uh, Wagner is there. Um, that's a possibility. Uh, I'm not sure which way they're going to go. I don't I don't think it's going to be Franklin Barreto. I just, you know, they had kind of soured on him a little bit as it was, and now he struggled at, Sacra- uh, at Las Vegas Yeah, uh, where he's not forcing his way back onto the team. So I- I'd be shocked if, if we see Franklin Barreto this weekend. You know, the, the coaching staff loves Franklin Barreto, and I think, you know, he had a monster spring. Uh, they know him. He's always had a good attitude about going up and down, um, which can be tough for, you know, a young player, especially very young, as he was when he first came up. Um, and he has power. He can play second base. Um, but, you know, he's right-handed. He's struggling. Uh, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm not sure he's a fit. I think if you ask the coaching staff, they might say, like, look, this guy deserves it. Uh, and, and honestly, I think that's, that's, that's 100% right. He probably does. But the guy I'd kind of like to see if you're looking at a – second base type is Jorge Mateo. He's been phenomenal. Uh, he has never been up, so yeah, he doesn't have any big league experience, but, but if you look at who right very much right now deserves it, he might be a guy. Sky Bolt, who's a switch hitter um, and plays in the outfield, he he has had a very solid start uh, at Las Vegas. He can run. He might also be a, somebody who might be good off the bench. So they've got some interesting 
possibilities there. Um, at the at the very least, I would love. I, I definitely hope they bring up two guys. You know, you figure they'll send out at least Ryan Dahl uh, and maybe one right. other one other reliever. They could even, you know, go something a little more dramatic and and um, you know send out Aaron Brooks and and figure maybe next week they bring in Daniel Mengden. But uh, Brooks was a little bit better yesterday. You know, he's not lighting the world on fire. But that, then again, no. none of the A's starting pitchers are are really doing so right now. It's it's been very like every aspect of the game. The starting pitching has been just as erratic. Yeah, it, it's been it's been hard to watch uh, because of that. There's, you know, Fires was better in Toronto, and I thought he was okay today in Boston. And they pulled him maybe a little earlier than I thought they would, but not not shocking either that they took no. him out when they did. But no, probably especially with a, yeah, with a rested, fully rested bullpen. Yeah, yeah, and they needed they knew they were going to get Trevino in for a little bit today, no matter what. Right. So they wanted to set that up. Uh, I, I think the bullpen now has, has, again, been an issue because even though I touted Ryan Dole uh, last week. Yes, he did. He pitching so well. Thanks he, a lot, uh, David. He does not, thank you. <laughs> uh, he does not pitch well now in the major league. No. Uh, every time he pitches, he gives up runs. Um, and that's not good. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, I, Ryan Dull is one of my favorite guys to, to deal with. He's an absolute, uh, he's a terrific, terrific fella. And we know what he did, you know, two years ago. You may, my gosh, he was absolutely, might have been their best overall reliever, you know, a couple years ago when he first came up. But uh, he just hasn't found his stride when he's been back, you know, even when health, fully healthy now. I think he thought he, he'd found something um, this spring and then at, at Las Vegas. Now that he's, you know, he actually has been able to, like, have a full off season of working out. But he just, uh, he's had a little bit of bad luck at the big league level. But, yeah, he's just not, he's really not been consistent enough. I, I can't imagine that he's a guy that would stay when they when they need to build up the bench a little bit for the National League Series. No, and the other guy who is giving up runs every time he pitches is J.B. Wendelkin. Yeah. That's, a, that's a shocker, the way he's been pitching, yeah. Yeah. He looked solid. He looked he was dominating at times, and now every time he pitches, he gives up runs. Yeah. It's really frustrating because even if you're in a game three to one, four to one, you're trailing. You bring one of these guys in, and the next you know it's seven to one. Right. And that there's no chance of coming back in those situations. So they need to get some lockdown arms. I can see them shuffling up. You know, with the off day on Thursday, the off day coming home. Yeah, you don't need Aaron Brooks. You can bring up more position players. And the one thing, if you bring up like Sky Bolt or Mateo, which excites me i think it's going to excite the team too it's just young fresh blood who are excited to be there and a chance to play that's not a bad thing you know when you have a team that's in the blog well how do you get out of it you bring in this bolt of excitement no pun intended but that could help and there's there's nothing to lose in this situation right i mean yeah these are guys your future depends on yeah i I mean yeah so bring in a little bit of of uh you know, a fresh kind of attitude and guys who are excited and, and a little energy. I'm I'm with Melvin. I don't. I didn't actually sense any sort of letdown in energy in the clubhouse the last few days. Guys are loose. Uh, they might be pressing on the field once the game starts, but um, they're certainly you know they're not walking around with their heads down. It's early. You know, it's the start of May, and this is right. traditionally a team that starts slow. How many years does it seem like we we talk about this? Um, you know, including last year, um, they're a little behind where they were last year, which is uh, I think alarming in that it took them. You know, they had to play like 750 ball for most of the year to to right. get into the playoffs, but. Um, yeah, that's uh, this is not quite where they want to be, but at the same time, it's May first. They're going to get these, you know, they're getting Olson back, and then they're going to get a flood of pitchers, which we've been saying for a long time. And maybe sometimes 
that can get in a team's head like okay well we'll just kind of play you know mediocre medium kind of hang around and then we're going to get a bunch of guys back you can't think like that you have to you have to you know really try to win now and 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 worry about the what happens down the line when that when that time comes but uh, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to lose touch with the 500 record, right? They're yeah. 500 now. You don't want to keep saying, "Oh, now we're six and we're seven. We're chasing that." Yeah, you you want to be around 500, yes. and then you can make your move. You just don't want to fall too far below. Exactly. Or we did it this way last year. Well, yeah, this right. is a different year. You got different challenges. Um, you know, Matt Chapman yesterday said we've always started slow, and that's true. The good thing is they know that they even when they're kind of down that they can come back um it's a team that likes to score late it's a team that likes to you know turn it on in the later seasons uh of the of the year the later months of the season but they they have to stay at least close so um yeah it's going to be interesting to see some of the choices they make here in in the upcoming days um because they they will have some some interesting ones to make um anything else that's kind of caught your eye here in the last um you know the six six pretty awful days for them you know, I, I just think maybe it's going under the radar. It's how good Marcus Simeon is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at him around the American League shortstop and National League shortstop, and he is right near the top. Uh, defensively, he is more than solid now. Every play that's supposed to be made, he makes. Um, you know, he's not robbing guys of hits like you see uh, other shortstops do, but he makes every play that's supposed to be made. And that was something he struggled with four years ago. Um, and then offensively, he is, he's on base all the time. He's getting hit. He's driving the ball. Uh, you know, it's May 1st, but you're talking about a guy who in the American League has got to be considered in there for American League shortstop on the All-Star team. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I had a very nice chat with Marcus on the podcast earlier in the week. Um, and one thing I really like seeing is he is now working with Jerkson Profar. It's not a surprise because it, clearly Marcus Simeon is one of the main team leaders. He's the, he's the union rep. He's the longest tenured A at this point. Um, but he knows more than anybody what it's like to go through a downstretch defensively. I mean, when you look back at him those first six weeks of 2015 people I think people forget just how rough it was he made 16 errors in six weeks I think there was a stretch of about a week where he made eight uh it was really really tough so he gets it and he wants to help uh and I don't think there's anybody better for somebody like Jerickson Profar to turn to than Marcus Simeon and that's the first thing he said the other night after he had that you know really really rough game at second was uh, I'm going to talk to Marcus and I'm going to work with Marcus uh, and the next day at early work it wasn't just Marcus Simeon who was out there working with Profar Chapman was out there and Chad Pinder was out there and it was uh, as much as anything like a um, you know it was kind of like they were rallying around him it was very much a, like team. a support group yeah I, I, I really like seeing that I think that's uh, that indicates something about the chemistry of the team, um, about the accountability of some of the young players and the leadership right. from that group. Um, so I think that's all good. Um, and I, we know that there's more there than what Jerks and Profar is. You know, he can play second base, obviously. it's yeah. uh, He just, a lot of times when guys aren't hitting, they take it out to the field with him, and there's some of that going on, I'm sure, and it all starts to get in your head and snowball. He needs to just kind of let it all go and, and let the ability come out. And I think he'll be fine. I'm, remember how people were talking about Chris Davis the first month he mm-hmm. was with the A's? Like, sure. why did they trade for this guy, get rid of him, and... 
you know, all of that kind of stuff. We've seen that a, a number of times over the years. I, I think Profar will turn it around. Um, but the, the defense has been surprising how, how much struggle he, he's had, particularly with, you know, it's, it's been the easier throws, which once you start getting into a yip situation, that, that can be a mm. little dicey. That is. And that's, that's a scary word to a baseball player, the yips. Uh, we've seen it too much, you know, famously with Chuck Knobloch, uh, before that, Steve Sack, which always, to me, is still one of the greatest quotes of all time, Pedro Guerrero playing third base for the Dodgers. Now, Pedro Guerrero is a terrible third baseman. But a reporter asked him, said, Pedro, when you're playing third base, what are you thinking? And he says, well, the first thing I think is, don't hit the ball to me. <laughs> and the, the second thing I think is, don't hit the ball to Sack. <laughs> That's that's pretty great. That's pretty good. That is not necessarily team building in the sense that the A's have been doing it. <laughs> no, not quite. I mean, that's, that's not the quite. thing. I think the A's not super supportive. The A's realize how important uh, you know Profar is for the success of this team. This is a, a twenty homer guy at second base. Yeah, that's something I'm you don't. I'm still going to stand by that trade. They didn't give it up a huge amount, although Emilio Pagan actually has been pitching very well. Um, you know, and he's in, he's 26. He's in his prime. You know, he should be, uh, and he's got a world of talent. Um, so he's just got to get it sorted out. I think he will. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's going to be one of the interesting uh, kind of things to watch here in the in the next few weeks, just to see exactly what happens with him, particularly defensively. I mean, anybody can wind up starting off the year slowly offensively, but when it's this bad defensively, there's there's a, there's more going on. David, yeah, Hammond, thank you as always for joining us on A's Plus, and we will be checking back with you in the next week or two. Hopefully it's a, a little bit more of a pleasant conversation from the A's standpoint. Let's hope so. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks always to David Feldman for joining us regularly here at A's Plus. Our producer today was Libby Coleman. We will be back again next week with much more. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe.